Coming up on the show, we talk about BYU's offensive tackle positions as well as the linebackers. Our final position previews ahead of BYU training camp kicking off next week. What to make of two positions I think could have very, very good years for the BYU football program. We'll also talk about a big commitment, a big flip for the BYU women's basketball program. Amari Whiting will play for her mom in Provo. All of that ahead on today's edition of Locked on Cougars. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Today's title sponsors are friends over at BetOnline. BetOnline.net has got you covered all season long with more props and odds and lines than ever before. That's BetOnline, where the game starts. All right. Uh, I got a lot to cover ahead on today's show, but a quick reminder that that we are brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network. The motto on the network is your team every day, and we are your only daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Our goal here, my goal here simply stated, is to make you the smartest BYU fan in the room. The way to do that is to join us every single day, so please continue to subscribe, rate, review, uh, mash that like like button on YouTube, comment on the shows, leave us five-star ratings on Apple Podcasts. You guys know the drill at this point. If you don't, uh, well, you're new, and just do all that stuff I just suggested. You'll you'll figure it out. You'll you'll get caught up pretty quick here, but a big thank you for your support, as always. By the of introduction once again for those of you who may be checking out the show for the very first time my name is jake once again i work for the ksl sports zone in salt lake city as the executive producer of dj and pk in the morning and absolutely love doing sports radio but at the same time love podcasting and talking about the byu cougars and that's where we are going to start on today's show we're going to continue our position group previews for the byu football program ahead of training camp beginning next week it's crazy to think we're i think 38 days away from today uh from byu uh kicking off the season down there in in Tampa against South Florida. I, for one, cannot wait for college football season to get here. Absolutely love it. And BYU has got a lot of talented position groups, but maybe one of the most talented that's maybe getting a little overlooked right now is the offensive tackle position for BYU. And let's talk about it for a minute here because it's headlined by a potential first-round draft pick in Blake Freeland. Now, some of you are probably wondering, okay, Jake, Blake Freeland didn't play offensive line before coming to BYU. It is true. He was a guy who played some quarterback, some defensive ends, some tight end, uh, even some punter and kicker at one point during his high school days as just the six foot eight athlete at Harriman High School, just up the road from BYU in the south part of Salt Lake Valley. But the biggest thing about him, since coming to BYU, he has transformed transformed his body. Uh, he now stands, according to the roster here, I've got my little depth chart from BYU's prospectus. They list him at six foot eight, three hundred and ten pounds. I have run into Blake at least three times this offseason. I uh, having a chance to catch up with him and talk a little bit about what's going on. And he carries three hundred and ten pounds as if he weighs like two hundred and fifty pounds. It's absolutely incredible the amount of weight he carries on that frame, and he's still got room to grow. That is the incredible part about this young man. The ceiling is the roof, to use that expression with him. There's really no 
telling what his ceiling could be as a football player because he's only played offensive line. It's less than four years in his entire life that he's played offensive line. It wasn't until he showed up at BYU that he suited up with an offensive lineman's number, learned how to do pass sets, run blocking, all that stuff. But he's an absolute athletic marvel. And there's a reason why he is getting first round hype already in this next NFL draft cycle. Uh, he is just a guy that is a prototype for a left tackle. As I said, stands six foot eight, probably closer to six foot nine, 310 pounds, long arms, the ability to play in space, which you have to do as a tackle. And he's a guy that's given up exactly one sack in the last uh, two years, if I'm not mistaken, at BYU. He's, he's just... He is an absolute freak in the best possible way, and he is going to hold down the, the blind side for BYU. I know on their depth chart here, they actually have him listed as a co-starter at left tackle alongside Kingsley Suamataia as well as Campbell Barrington. Uh, no offense to Kingsley and or uh, Campbell, I think this is a one-horse race at left tackle. If Blake Freeland is not BYU's day one starter at left tackle against South Florida, I would be absolutely floored. He is... He is head and shoulders, I feel like, above the other guys on this roster. And that's not to say anything of the talent of a Kingsley Sumataia, who is a former five-star prospect, and a Campbell Barrington, who is a freshman All-American. They're both incredibly talented individuals in their own right, but I just don't see any way that you're going to unseat Blake Freeland. And if you do unseat Blake Freeland... You've done something absolutely incredible during training camp. So I feel like the left tackle spot is in very good hands. Should a guy like Blake Freeland falter at all and uh, have anything pop up? Yeah, I think a guy like Kingsley and or Campbell Barrington probably slot in nicely at that spot. The funny thing about this is you have Campbell Barrington listed as a co-starter at right guard uh, for BYU in addition to being listed as that co-starter at left tackle, while Kingsley Suomataia is listed as a co-starter at right tackle in his own right. Now, flipping over to the other side at right tackle for BYU. Harris Lachance is listed atop the depth chart at six foot eight, 315 pounds as a redshirt junior. Harris has been around BYU for quite some time. Funny enough, him and Freeland are both former Harriman Mustangs. Uh, Lachance served a mission, so they were offset by a little bit due to him uh, serving a mission for two years. But the biggest thing is, both of them are absolutely just tight titanic, huge human beings on the edges of BYU's offensive line. Think about this. You have two guys, they listen at six foot eight. I'd be surprised if both of them aren't pushing six foot nine, speaking of Freeland and Harris Lachance. And those are your bookend tackles for BYU. They just form a wall that is going to help a guy like Jaron Hall feel more comfortable in the pocket this year than maybe he was last year. And he should have felt pretty comfortable last year because I felt like BYU's offensive line, all things considered last year, was very very good, but having Harris Lachance there, uh, he'll try to fend off Kingsley Suomatia as well as Braden Kime, another guy who stood out last year coming in when Lachance actually got hurt. Uh, he stands six foot eight. Uh, he's actually more closer to six nine, six ten. Uh, speaking of Kime, three hundred pounds as a redshirt sophomore. There are some just skyscrapers of offensive tackles for BYU on this roster, and that that's the good news for BYU. Is similar. We already talked about the offensive guards earlier this week. the The good news is is the glut of talent at the offensive line positions for BYU is going to allow Daryl Funk, the offensive line coach, and Aaron Roderick the ability to juggle guys around on this offensive line. Could you see a guy one day in training camp working at center and the next day potentially working out at left tackle or right tackle? Absolutely. They're going to mix and match, make sure they have the best combination of five guys that will be their starting unit, and I truly believe that this offensive line is 10 deep, so there's probably a second five that is going to be in the mix that will probably be rotating for BYU. I know a lot of teams are reticent to uh, go out and rotate heavily along their offensive line. They like the continuity of having those five guys kind of working in concert and working as a unit. I get that. 
that. But the benefit to having all the talent BYU does have along this offensive line is going to give them an opportunity to rotate should they need it. And if injuries do pop up, last year uh, we saw uh, Harris Lachance go down early in the season. Campbell Barrington stepped in, ended up being a freshman All-American. He got dinged up at one point. And then all of a sudden the third string tackle, Braden Kimes come, Braden Kime comes in, and I thought he did just fine, and he's a third string tackle. That is just evidence of the depth and breadth of BYU's talent along that offensive line unit, and I really like what these tackles offer to BYU. I feel like a guy like Jaron Hall has got to feel pretty secure in knowing that the five guys in front of him along this offensive line are maybe the best combination that BYU has probably had in what? A decade? I'm talking about that 2020 offensive line that was a finalist. They have what they call the Joe Moore Award. It goes to the top offensive line in the country. All five guys. It's not an individual honor. It is a team honor or a unit honor for offensive line. BYU's offensive line in 2020, remember, Brady Christensen's now with the Carolina Panthers off of that. Clark Barrington, who's a preseason All-American at guard, was on that offensive line. It was maybe the best offensive line we had seen up to that time. I'm telling you. I truly believe this 2022 offensive line has the potential, the talent, the depth to be the best offensive line of maybe this uh, this decade, this century for BYU, speaking of the 2000s. It's really a stellar offensive line. And I'm, I know you're probably, well, Jake, what about the 07 offensive line with Jake Caressa and guys like Ray Fainga? That's a really good offensive line, too. But I'm telling you, this offensive line, they can go toe-to-toe with those guys. This offensive line is elite. And the offensive tackles, there's a reason why a guy like Blake Freeland's getting first-round draft love, first-round draft pick love. A guy like Harris Lachance, should he decide to declare after this upcoming season, and I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised if he does. There's a reason why I think he's probably a middle-round pick just simply due to his physical tools. The nice part is you have all of the pieces there to have an absolutely elite offensive line. And the offensive tackle position, along with the guards and center uh, spots for BYU, it's very much uh, 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 just an embarrassment of riches in many ways for BYU. Does that mean that BYU is going to come in and be a smash mouth, run it down your throat team all season long? No, not necessarily. But the good news is if you're a guy like Christopher Brooks is the transfer running back coming into, coming into BYU, you know that you've got an offensive line that led a, a Tyler Algier a year ago to a 1,600-yard season, and you're bringing pretty much all those guys back outside of James Empey, who was injured part of the year, and that allowed Connor Pay to step in at center. You've got to expect, hey, these guys are going to open up even bigger holes potentially this year. That's the that, that is the the exciting part for this. I, I, the biggest thing I want to see from both Blake Freeland and Harris Lachance, if those are your two starting offensive tackles for BYU, is I want to just continue to see them play with an edge and a little bit of nastiness. Those two uh, play a little more passively than I feel like a Joe Tukuafu, a Clark Barrington, or a Connor Pay. Uh, they seem to play with more of an edge. I'd like to see that edge kind of emerge from a guy like Blake Freeland and or Harris Lachance. And it, it's no slight because trust me, I've seen both of these guys get pretty fired up during their time at BYU, but I just want to see a little more of that nasty from them. That's the biggest thing. And I think a guy like Kingsley Sulamatia, I saw him play at the high school level for him. The nasty is a natural thing to that young man. At six foot six, 330 pounds, if he doesn't carve out a starting spot for himself at tackle this season, I would figure he probably is going to be slated if he does end up starting at right tackle. But you kick him inside to guard, and I think he's going to absolutely kick someone's rear end on the interior before moving back out to offensive tackle at some point when the deck is cleared a little bit for him. 
I absolutely love this offensive line. I love these offensive tackles. Like I said, I, Blake Freeland is just, he's hes everything you could have cooked up in a creative player mode on Madden or NCAA football. You want to create an offensive tackle? Yeah. You're going to make him six foot eight, six foot nine. You're going to make him 300 pounds. You're going to have him have, what, 37 inch, 36 inch arms. And he's just going to be an absolute athletic marvel with the ability to move his feet, run with anybody, it feels like, that's coming across the edge at defensive end or outside linebacker and just swallow them up. That's what I love about a guy like Clark Barrington. And that's to say nothing of a guy like Harris Lachance who may not be as physically gifted as a guy like Blake Freeland, but still, the length, athleticism to get the job done at the right tackle spot where it's more of a run-blocking responsibility versus a true pass-set guy at left tackle. So there is a lot to like about this offensive tackle position. And I... I can't wait to see it take the field because the good news is I can see at least four guys that have starting caliber uh, guys right there that you'd say, okay, that could be a guy who ends up starting. And the good news is on the roster, you include guys like uh, Sione Vecoso coming in from Arizona State, who is a very highly thought of offensive lineman for the Sun Devils at the Pac-12 level. Tyler Little is a guy who's uh, currently slated to play guard, but he's six foot seven. There is no shortage of tall, rangy, athletic offensive linemen on this roster for BYU, and that should excite you if you're a Cougar fan. All right, another position group that I think is going to have a bounce-back year this year, provided that health is on their side, is the linebacker position. We all know that BYU's defensive production tailed off last year, especially when guys like Keenan Peely as well as Peyton Wilgar went down due to injury. What to make of the linebacking core, the true linebackers, the guys who are going to line up four and five yards off the ball, what to make of that unit? We'll get to that here momentarily. First, though, a word on our friends at Bet Online. BetOnline.net is the fastest and the easiest way to check in on all of your betting needs. Find all of your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, college sports, esports, and even golf, my friends. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports wagering information from live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts. They've got you covered top to bottom head to betonline.net today to use your or use your mobile device excuse me to learn more about the action happening today and that's also available to you now it's available anywhere you can get on your laptop like i said your mobile device check it out now it's all courtesy of your friends at bet online where the game starts Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Always appreciate you guys checking out the show. It's an absolute privilege to sit down and talk Cougars with you guys every single day. I just, I, I really very much look forward to sitting down each day and knocking out a show. And a lot of people say, well, how do you do it, Jake? I, it's just, it's a labor of love in many ways. I just love doing it. So I sit down and have the opportunity to sit down and talk about BYU. Let's talk a little bit about the linebacker positions for BYU. I've got my depth chart here for BYU. So the three positions we're going to talk about here include the Will linebacker position, the Mike linebacker position, and the Rover position for BYU. These are the more traditional uh, linebacker positions for BYU. We did a preview previously, which we talked more about the hybrid, the flash linebackers, where they're more of a hybrid safety linebacker type. These are the true thumpers. These guys, they're going to line up behind that defensive line and are expected to come down, come downhill on blitzes in run sets and just lay the wood to opposing running backs and hopefully get some pressure on the quarterback at the same time. The good news is for BYU at linebacker is you have a hundred uh, tackle guy coming back for another season in Ben Bywater. Bywater was not listed as a starter coming out of training camp a year ago. A guy who missed the previous season due to a shoulder injury was expected to uh, probably emerge a little bit last year, but not to the level that 
he did because of the injuries suffered by both Keenan Peely and Peyton Wilgar, and also you can probably add in the Chaz Ayu injury that allowed him to absolutely flourish. And he is currently listed as a starter at Will Linebacker. He is backed up currently by Jackson Kafusi, who's been biding his time looking for a spot to play. Uh, crazily enough, Jackson Kafusi is now a redshirt junior at BYU, but Ben Bywater, I expect nothing less than him to be just an absolute stud for BYU this year. Will he get another 100 tackle season? Well, it probably requires somebody to get injured. You never want to say that for BYU, but he is going to be a critical part of BYU's defense. He is bulked up this year. They list, last year, I think they listed him at like 210 pounds. They currently list him at six foot three, 230 pounds as a redshirt sophomore. Bywater is a draft-eligible prospect. I still think he needs some more seasoning before ultimately making the jump, but if he has another stellar season, who's to say that he doesn't see an uh, opportunity at the professional level and chase that? Now, we already talked about Keenan Peely. We mentioned his name. When he went down due to injury for BYU, the defensive production for BYU just trended down the rest of the season. He is back. I expect to be back full go for BYU. If he's limited in training camp, that's not a big deal in my mind because he's a proven commodity. He was racking up double-digit tackles every time he was on the field before getting injured for BYU for BYU last year, and at six foot three, 233 pounds, he looks like he is on his way to the NFL. I truly believe he has got the capability of being a starter, starting caliber, off, uh, not offensive lineman, linebacker in the NFL, and if he goes out and proves it this year as a redshirt junior, maybe he considers making that jump due to the injury concerns, obviously, from that ACL he suffered a year ago. I love Keenan Peely's game. He is a guy who just plays sideline to sideline, plays with the ferocity and the tenacity you don't see from a lot of linebackers. He has just got the capability of making up for a lot of issues on BYU's defense. And you can look back at last season when he was on the field. Think of how good this BYU defense was because he was making up for a lot of deficiencies due to some injuries for guys like George Udo and Chaz Ayu. He made up for a lot of that. When he went down due to injury, the defensive production curtailed, and it went down even further alongside his fellow starter in Peyton Wilgar. So you have Keenan Peely currently listed as the bat, as the starting Mike linebacker, and then at Rover, which is kind of the more strong side linebacker spot, Peyton Wilgar is listed as a starter there at six foot three, two 235 pounds. Wilgar is a guy that had double shoulder surgery. We heard about this at BYU uh, Media Day, that he said he's back and feeling very, very healthy and feels like he He'll be ready to go uh, once training camp kicks off. He actually says he feels as good as he's felt in quite some time. So I really think there is a huge opportunity staring him in the face. And I look at him as a guy that if he were to have the type of season I prob- he probably envisions himself having, he probably considers making the jump to the NFL. He's a redshirt junior as well. If uh, COVID wasn't in the way, he w- would be a senior this year. But due to the COVID year, he has that extra year of eligibility to utilize. The nice part is, is the linebacking spots for BYU are going to be manned by true uh, production machines. Guys like Peyton Wilgar, Keenan Peely, and Ben Bywater, any single one of them could challenge for 100 tackles in a single season. Could all three of them challenge for potentially 60 this year and have some extra sacks, pass breakups, interceptions, and the like? That would be very nice because that would make up for a lot of the things that BYU's defense was lacking towards the tail end of last year. They didn't have true run-stopping ability from this linebacking core. I don't know why the backups just weren't able to get the job done a year ago. The hope is they can do that this year. Some of those backups include Pepe Tanuvasa, who is currently this is the backup at Mike linebacker behind Keenan Peely. He's a redshirt senior in his final go-round at BYU. Six foot one, 245 pounds. I'm actually kind of stunned they took him off the defensive line. I thought he was a very good pass rusher for BYU, but in pass sets, who's to say they don't make him more of a hybrid stand-up pass rusher and give him the opportunity? Ob- 
opportunity to come off the edge for BYU. I, I think he has got that capability. At the rover position, Tavita Gagne is back off of his own injury. Six foot two, 225-pound redshirt junior. Uh, Gagne, I believe, also tore a knee ligament last year that cost him the entire season. So he's a guy that uh, is a walk-on who has really emerged during his time at BYU. Kind of worked his way up from the scout team to being a special teamer to really a guy that BYU last training camp, I remember hearing rumors about him making a move up the depth chart. Well, if you're on the depth chart now, that means the BYU coaching staff is high enough on your ability coming out of spring ball that they think you will be in the rotation. So I think there is a huge opportunity staring BYU in the face, especially these linebacker spots, because they have the the opportunity to go out and reinvent the BYU defense. Uh, one other backup I want to mention here before I forget, it's, it's Josh Wilson. Of course, the younger brother of Zach Wilson, he has been a standout for BYU. Uh, not, he hasn't been a standout for BYU. He was a standout at the high school level, high, high school level for Corner Canyon. He's been kind of biding his time at BYU. They list him as the third-string backer behind Ben Bywater and Jackson Cavusi at that Will linebacker spot. I think a guy like Josh Wilson, this is the time for him to start to make his move because they're going to be guys like Keenan Peely, Peyton Wilgard, Pepe Tonovasa, who are going to age out of the BYU football program, where a guy like Josh Wilson is a true sophomore for BYU. This is his time. Show what you can do in the limited reps maybe given to you early on in the season, but as the season goes on, if he continues to grow in his role, that is when he starts to really emerge and then his junior senior seasons uh, going into Big 12 play could he end up as a starter for BYU I absolutely think he could be I, I, I love Josh Wilson's game he's kind of one of those guys that you kind of get he gets lost in the shuffle because he doesn't necessarily stand out physically they list him at 6 foot 215 pounds but what I love about a guy like Josh Wilson and of course his younger brother Michael Wilson's coming into the program uh, they have been trained well they are playmakers that is something that you need to have on a defense like BYU's. And if a guy like Josh Wilson shows well enough, well, who's to say that he couldn't move up in the rotation here for BYU at linebacker? But I absolutely love the depth of BYU's linebacking core. The biggest thing is this year, they got to have health. Uh, the, the luck of the health gods, I guess was what we'll call it, to stay on their side. There were so many injuries a year ago to this linebacking core. Should they stay healthy this year? I truly believe they could get BYU's defense to back, back to what they were doing more in 2020 rather than what we saw at the tail end of 2021. Nobody, yours truly included, was happy with BYU's defense. Uh, we were all lambasting them towards the tail end of last year year. Well, the hope is this go-round, the BYU defense will be much better, much improved, and if they are, that 10-plus win season for BYU all of a sudden becomes a lot clearer. The pathway seems a lot easier for BYU to go out there and put together another special season as they round out their independent era. All right, coming up here in just a minute, we'll talk about a big commitment on the women's basketball front. Amari Whiting, four-star prospect, decided to flip from Oregon. What led to that? We got all of that as we continue on right here on Locked on Cougars. All right, before we go on today's show, BYU women's basketball got a huge influx of talent by way of Oregon, I guess, former commit, Amari Whiting. That last name probably sounds familiar because she is the daughter of new BYU women's basketball head coach, Amber Whiting. Amari Whiting is a true four-star talent, one of the top prospects in the 2023 recruiting class. She had been committed to Oregon, and there was some question of, okay, her mom's going to be coaching at BYU. Could she convince her daughter to come to Provo to play for the Cougars? Well, 
it worked out that way. Uh, she announced her commitment yesterday on social media saying that she she really, really enjoyed all the things that Oregon offered, but the opportunity to play for her mom and build a legacy at BYU was just too much of a pull for her. So this is a huge commitment for BYU. And Amber Whiting has come into BYU. as He's been an AAU coach and a high school coach, and there was some question of, well, can she really recruit at an elite level for BYU going into the Big 12 era? I know it's her daughter. I, I know Amari is her daughter, so there's that family connection and all of that, but simply getting your daughter to flip over from playing for the Oregon Ducks, which is one of the premier women's basketball programs on the West Coast, if not the entire country, that's no small thing for the BYU women's basketball program. I think this is an absolute home run get for BYU. It's fun to have the Whiting family back engrossed with BYU. Of course, Trent was a standout for the one season he played for BYU. Amber played for BYU for a time, and now Amari Whiting will carry on the Whiting family legacy for the BYU women's basketball program. Uh, losing Shaylee Gonzalez absolutely hurt this program, her transferring to Texas, but getting Amari Whiting as part of this is a huge get for BYU as well. So that is a very exciting proposition for BYU women's basketball. The next, I guess, Shaylee Gonzalez in a way is already on deck for the Cougars. And that should have you excited. If you, if you, or a big BYU women's basketball fan. This is about about as big of a get for BYU in recruiting since BYU got Shaylee Gonzalez. And even then, uh, she tops all the accolades that Shaylee had coming to BYU. All right, that is going to do it for this edition of Locked On Cougars. A big thank you once again for making us your first listen of the day. Want to encourage you guys now to go make your second listen. Our friends over the Locked On Big 12 podcast. Josh Neighbors is doing a team-by-team preview of all the Big 12, Big 12 programs in football. I did mine with him last week. He's going team by team so check those out wherever you get your podcast right here on YouTube if you happen to be watching us on video so a big thank you once again for joining us have a great rest of your day whenever you hear this this has been the Locked On Cougars podcast see ya